Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the 808 Podcast. It's the podcast where we take business owners, CEOs, marketing people, whoever else I feel like. Four questions, eight minutes and eight seconds, because 808 looks like Bob. Here we go. Question number one, a few sentences. Tell me who you are and what do you do? Hi, Bob. Richard Barnett. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer at Supply Frame. I live in Austin, Texas, and I've spent probably about 25 years in the enterprise software space. Um, and uh, yeah, I know it's, it's, it's a really exciting time to, uh, to be a CMO these days in this market. It is, it is. Question number two, Richard, what advice do you want to share? Go. Well, one of the things that we've worked on uh, recently at Supply Frame is really a lot of focus strategically around really getting the buyer persona right, which means, you know, who is our target audience? Who are those sort of individuals that are involved in the purchase, not just the use of these, these software solutions uh, and trying to you know, go a little bit deeper and leverage some new forms of insights to you know, generally target what we're our go-to-market, make content that we're developing uh, you know, consistent and meaningful and drive engagement. And then and more importantly, facilitate their decision to make an investment in the solution. Okay, so how do you go about doing that? Yeah, so, you know, traditionally, um, there's a wide range if you kind of talk about buyer personas or user personas, sometimes you'll have flavors of that for product marketing, product management, sometimes it lives just in marketing, sometimes it's actually, you know, widely adopted in the sales organization. The approach that we took is to really have a comprehensive uh, buyer persona and think about it in, from multiple dimensions. So the first dimension is to understand uh, you know, what, what is the general role definition, profile, some psychodemographic, right? So what would be the typical education, uh, you know, areas of specialization that uh, these executives may have? Uh, you would also look at what information resources they're typically, you know, leveraging, you know, working with or, you know, might influence them. And then a newer area that's really kind of fun to look at uh, is the little bit more of the detail of their psychological profile. So increasingly, we're able to actually look at and understand profiles, maybe based on a LinkedIn profile using something like Crystal Reports that, mm -hmm. you know, actually builds a DSC. They have kind of a, a personality model, you know, that they use. And there's kind of a, you know, like many of these personality models, there's a range of variations of, of personality traits and behaviors. And then that helps you kind of map into, okay, you know, how do you need to communicate them? What, what energizes them? You know, what voice or tone do they appreciate? What turns them off, you know, and shuts them down? If you're negotiating with them, you know, what is a way to kind of maybe break through a, a you know, a difficult issue that's contentious? Um, and, and, and that is really, I think, one of the most fun new aspects of building buyer personas and, and, and then rolling that out with your team and your sales organization. Um, and then the other area that I think is really important for people to pay closer attention to are two things. One is, what are the business problems and challenges that they're trying to solve? And not in a generic way, like try to be as specific to, you know, the kinds of, you know, key strategic initiatives that they may be facing, maybe not just based on their executive role, but also maybe the industry that they're in. Right. And then the second point is, what is their role in a decision-making process? Because one of the things that we see, say, above investments, say, over three to $400,000, so larger B2B SaaS solutions, which is kind of the area we, we focus in on, uh, is that you increasingly have 
you know, 5.8 to 7.4, you know, based on research, individuals, organizations, or entities that are actually involved in a, in a decision-making process. And what right. most traditional sales teams have, you know, have not really understood is that they may have one sponsoring executive or one mobilizer or coach in the deal, and they think they're done. But actually what goes on beyond when a proposal is presented is a number of executives that they may not have even had engagement with that have a huge role in that decision-making process. So mm -hmm. things like alternate use of capital, you know, other strategic initiatives. So it's, it's, it's increasingly what's happening is that company leaders are making decisions to invest not just based on the merits of that solution and that potential business value, but it's across the portfolio of everything else they're trying to deal with. And given COVID and the pandemic and all this disruption to rise above the noise, to be one of the three or four things they invest in versus the 30 other you know, ideas that are sort of on the table requires a very high level of, of uh, engagement, of relevance, of tailoring your message, your value proposition, et cetera, to those folks. Um, you know, one of the funny things about the demographic, psychodemographics aspects is that, you know, generally sales folks in general are relators, right? right. They're, they're, they're relationship oriented in their, in their orientation. Some are like sort of ops and analytically oriented as well, but our company, it's a five frame. We're often engaging with engineering leaders, supply chain and procurement leaders. And Actually, Richard, I got to interrupt you because we only have three minutes left. If people want to okay. know more, they're going to have to look you up. We got to keep going here because question okay. number three, it is time for shout outs. Richard, who are you shouting out today? Well, I think, um, you know, related to this buyer persona work, uh, the Buyer Persona Institute, I think, is a really great resource for folks that are looking for best practices to understand sort of, you know, leading research in this area. Adele Ravella wrote Buyer Personas, which I think is a really great uh, resource to use, um, at, you know, just again, as a reference. And there's a great community of other folks around the Buyer Persona Institute that I think you can draw insight from. Perfect, perfect. Question number four, final fun question. Richard, tell me about your first sale. So I've been involved in sales at different points in my life. But when I was thinking about this question, truly my first sales job was when I was a uh, little league baseball player, maybe eight or nine years old. And I played catcher and, and my little league team in Houston. And, uh, you know, back then, I think they still do it. They would, you know, do fundraising for your team or for the league. Uh, and we sold a dollar candy bars. And, you know, the thing about that was, you know, you have to learn how to knock on doors. And this is back when we sort of would allow kids to go do that. I would spend hours going through apartment complexes and knocking on doors. And then you get really quick and good about how to sell that candy bar and adapt your message to whoever was opening that door. So if it was right. another kid, if it was a mom or if it was a dad, and it was amazing how much you learn about core selling skills as a 10 year old selling candy bars. But one year I won the, the most the prize for the most uh, candy bars uh, sold because we had some folks that uh, uh, came into our home and burglarized us. They took the TV, mm. the, my mom's jewelry, and they took the inventory of a thousand candy bars that I had on the counter, which I thought was the funniest thing, that those are the three things they took out of the house was all my candy bars. So we chalked it up to insurance money and I won the award for the top producer for that. Oh, there, there you go. So I love that story. That's very unique there. So, hey, Richard, you've got one minute and two seconds left. Promo time. Ask me a question. Talk about the weather or we can in early. Go for it. Well, I, I'm curious, Bob, you know, as you've gone through this podcast, what you see the evolution of, you know, the best ways to engage with the audience, what you're seeing are the patterns out there, you know, because so many folks have different expectations of what they want to get out of a podcast or, right. you know, and how they access that information. What are you seeing? I'm seeing this as being an amazing networking tool. 
Because so many times I get messages, I want to get to know you. You know, would you like to get another call? In other words, you want to sell me. And yeah. I'm actually telling people, be authentic. If you want to sell me, just tell me. I'm fine with that. I'm not, a, I am not against the cold pitch. I'd be kind of hypocritical if I was. But this whole, I want to get to know about your business. I understand you do this. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Tell me, hey, you might have this suck. I have a solution. Does that relate to you? Right. The end. And then right. I'm going to either going to say, tell me more or no, don't have that suck. And here's why. Sure. sure. Makes sense. No, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I mean, Perfect. I see the same. It's all actually speaking of that there. That is the timer. You pulled it off. Four questions at eight minutes and eight seconds. Richard, why is it eight minutes and eight seconds? Well, it looks like Bob. It does. It does. Your website, say it real quick. Supplyframe.com. It's in the description. It's magic. Richard, thank you so much for being on. Tip of the hat to you. Thank you so much, Bob. Take care. You're welcome. And for everyone else watching or listening, I am legally required to tell you to like, share, comment, subscribe, thumbs up, ring the bell, whatever the heck the social media network tells you all to do. You all have a good one now. Talk to you later. Bye.